Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. Greetings, friends and brethren and ladies. So today we're going to talk about Brother Tom Mix, or as this document calls him, Illustrious Tom Mix, 33rd degree. So this article here is the Scottish Rite Reporter, June 2007, and Brother Tom Mix is profiled in an article called Profile of a Mason. Thomas Edwin Mix was an actor and the star of many early Western movies. He made a reported 336 films between 1910 and 1935, all but nine of which were silent features. He was Hollywood's first Western megastar and is noted as having defined the genre for all cowboy actors who followed. Mix was born into a relatively poor logging family in Mix Run, Pennsylvania in April 1898 during the Spanish-American War. He enlisted in the Army under the name Thomas E. Mix and served in an artillery unit that never left the States. After working a variety of odd jobs in the Oklahoma Territory, Mix found employment at the 101 Ranch, reportedly the largest ranching business in the United States at that time, and covered 101,000 acres, hence the name. He stood out as a skilled horseman and expert shot, winning the 1909 National Riding and Rodeo Championship. Mix began his film career as a supporting cast member with the Selig Polyscope Company. His first shoot in 1910 was at their studio in the Edendale district of Los Angeles, now known as Echo Park. The film was a success, and Mix became an early motion picture star. Mix performed in more than 100 films for Selig, many of which were filmed in Las Vegas and New Mexico. While with Selig, he co-starred in several films with Victoria Ford, and they fell in love. By then, Selig Polyscope had encountered severe financial difficulties, and Tom Mix, along with Victoria Ford, both subsequently signed with Fox Film Corporation, which had leased the Edendale studio. He went on to make more than 160 escapist matinee cowboy films throughout the 1920s. These featured action-oriented scripts, which contrasted with the documentary style of his work with Selig. Heroes and villains were sharply defined, and a clean-cut cowboy always saved the day. Millions of American children grew up watching his films on Saturday afternoons. Mix did his own stunts and was frequently injured. Mix's salary at Fox reached $17,500 a week. His performances weren't noted for their realism, but for screen-friendly action stunts and horseback riding, attention-grabbing cowboy costumes and showmanship. At the Edendale lot, Mix built a 12-acre shooting set called Mixville, loaded with western props and furnishings. It has been described as a complete frontier town with a dusty street, hitching rails, a saloon, jail, bank, doctor's office, surveyor's office, and the simple frame houses typical of the early western era. Near the back of the lot, an Indian village of lodges was ringed by miniature plaster mountains, which on screen were said to be ferociously convincing. The set also included a simulated desert, large corral, and a ranch house with no roof to facilitate interior shots. Mix appeared with the Sells Floto Circus in 1929-31 at a reported weekly salary of $20,000. He and Ford were divorced in 1931. Meanwhile, the Great Depression had reportedly wiped out most of his savings. 
1932, he married his fifth wife, Mabel Hubbard Ward. Universal Pictures approached him that year with an offer to do talkies, which included script and cast approval. He did nine pictures for Universal, but because of injuries he received while filming, he was reluctant to continue with any more. Mix then appeared with the Sam B. Dill Circus, which he reportedly bought two years later. In 1933, Ralston Purina obtained his permission to produce a Tom Mix radio series, which, except for one year during World War II, was popular throughout most of the 1930s and 40s. His last screen appearance was a 15-episode serial for mascot pictures called The Miracle Rider, for which he was paid $40,000 for four weeks of filming. Mix then went back to circus performing, this time with his eldest daughter Ruth, who had appeared in some of his films. In 1938, Mix went to Europe on a promotional trip while his daughter Ruth stayed behind to manage his circus, which soon failed. He had reportedly made over $6 million during his 26-year career in the movies. On the afternoon of October 12, 1940, Mix was driving his 1937 Cord 812 Phaeton near Florence, Arizona on a two-lane road when he came upon a construction barrier at a bridge previously washed away by a flash flood. A work crew watched as he was unable to brake in time and his car slid into a gully. A large, polished aluminum suitcase he had put in the seat behind him flew free and struck Mix in the back of the head, broke his neck, and killed the 60-year-old actor almost instantly. By most accounts, Tom Mix made 336 movies throughout his career. In 2007, only about 10% of these films are reportedly available for viewing, although it was unclear how many Mix films had been irretrievably lost. For his contribution to the motion picture industry, Tom Mix has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at 1708 Vine Street. His cowboy boot prints, palm prints, and his famous horse Tony's hoof prints are at Grauman's Chinese Theater. In 1958, he was inducted posthumously into the Western Performers Hall of Fame at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. There is a Tom Mix Museum in Dewey, Oklahoma, and another in Mix Run, Pennsylvania. Mix was an active Freemason, joining both the Royal Arch and Scottish Rite, while also participating in the 233 Club, a craft degree team composed of actors. Tom Mix was raised February 21, 1925, in Los Angeles's Utopia Lodge No. 537. Brother Mix joined Long Beach Scottish Rite in the Cornerstone class on March 12 and 13, 1926. He was elected as president of the class. When our Long Beach Cathedral was built, he donated the carpet. According to legend, it was designed by his wife, Victoria Ford. It was woven at Mohawk carpet mills. The original 2,600 yards was produced in 27-inch wide rolls and then hand-sewn together. Due to changes in manufacturing, Mohawk Industries was unable to exactly duplicate the carpet. A digital photo was taken and then worked through a computer-aided design program. Once that was completed, the manufacturer bought a two-foot square piece to the cathedral, along with samples of threads to obtain the closest match possible. The original carpet cost $31,000 and lasted for 81 years. This unique and historical carpet was replaced in April 2007. The new carpet was produced in 12-foot wide rolls at a cost of $82,000. So this next article is from the Tom Mix Museum website, tommixmuseum.com, and is on the About Tom page. So, Tom Mix. It is always surprising to those of us connected with the Tom Mix Museum that a man who had such an incredible, adventuresome life would have so many false stories written about him, some of the which might have even originated with Tom himself. 
In the next few paragraphs, we will try and present a few facts about Tom, his life and times, unadorned with some of the most persistent fables. He did not ride with Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders in the Spanish-American War. He was not, in fact, a Texas Ranger, although in 1935 the governor of Texas made him an honorary ranger. The truth about his life is quite astonishing enough with no fiction added. Thomas Hezekiah Mix was born in or near Mix Run, Pennsylvania on January 6, 1880. He was killed in a single car accident on October 12, 1940 near Florence, Arizona. The 60-plus years in between contained a lot of living. Tom enlisted in the Army on April 26, 1898, giving his occupation as laborer and his birthplace as Driftwood, Pennsylvania, a small village about five miles from Mix Run. He gave his name as Thomas E. Mix and his height as 5'8". Tom never liked the name Hezekiah and used Edwin, his father's name, as his middle name throughout life. He enlisted for three years and was discharged on April 25, 1901. He re-enlisted for another three years, and in 1902, while on furlough from the Army, married Gracie Allen. He never returned to the Army, and on November 6, 1902, was listed as AWOL, but was never court-martialed. Tom came to Indian Country soon after his marriage to Grace, and for the next several years worked at quite a variety of jobs. He was a bartender in Guthrie, a laborer at the Dewey Portland Cement Plant, a drummer in the Territorial Calvary Band, a ranch hand on the 101 Ranch, a performer in the 101 Wild West Show, and a night marshal in Dewey. Grace apparently was not able to adjust to life in Indian Territory and returned to her home in Pennsylvania in 1903. Shortly after her return home, Grace's father had the marriage annulled. In 1905, Tom married Kitty Perrine, whose father owned a hotel where Tom stayed in Oklahoma City. Tom's second attempt at marriage didn't last much longer than his first, and he and Kitty were divorced in 1906. While working as a bartender in Guthrie, Tom met two of the Miller brothers, owners of the Miller Brothers 101 Ranch. Although Tom was good with horses, he had never worked as a cowboy, and the Miller brothers gave him his first ranch job. This proved to be a significant turning point in Tom's life, as his association with the Miller brothers led to his performing in their famous 101 Ranch Wild West show. Show business captured the young Tom Mix, and even though it was only a part-time profession for several years, it eventually led to the movies and to the making of one of the most famous movie stars of all time. In 1909, Tom married Olive Stokes, a part Cherokee beauty from Dewey, Oklahoma. He had first met Olive at the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis when she was only 17. Legend has it they were introduced by Will Rogers. Olive was raised on a ranch just a few miles west of Dewey and could ride, rope, and was even known to bulldog steers. A cowgirl who could hold her own with most any of the performers in the Wild West shows, beautiful and accomplished. Olive seemed to be the perfect match for Tom. They were, however, divorced in 1917, and Olive turned out to be Tom's middle wife. Tom and Olive had one daughter, Nadine Ruth Jane Mix, born in July of 1912 on the Stokes Ranch while Tom was performing in a Wild West show in Montreal. Tom performed in several different Wild West shows, and it seems only natural for Tom to have migrated from the Wild West show to the movies. Tom's first movie was made for the Selig Polyscope Company on Sherman Moore's ranch, The Horseshoe L, just outside Dewey, Oklahoma, at the base of Blue Mound. The movie was called Ranch Life in the Great Southwest, and in addition to Tom, Henry Grammer, who later became a champion steer roper, appeared in the movie. Tom became hooked on the movies, and the movies became hooked on him. Those of us accustomed to the movies of the 21st century would find the movies of the early 1900s to be primitive in the extreme. They had no sound, were in black and white, were generally about 15 minutes long, and the public could not get enough. 
Between the years 1909 and 1917, Tom made 236 movies for the Selig Polyscope Company. It is interesting to note that while Tom is universally remembered as a Western movie star, almost half of his Selig movies, about 105, were not Westerns. Stop by the museum one of these days and we'll show you one of those old black and white movies in our old-fashioned movie theater. In 1915, a new young lady was brought in by Selig to work alongside Tom. Her name was Victoria Ford. It may be no coincidence that not long after Miss Ford started working with Tom that he and Olive were divorced. Despite having one of the movie's brightest new stars, in 1917 the Selig Polyscope Company was in financial trouble. When it was suggested that the horses that worked in Tom's movie not be fed on the days they did not work and that he fire several of his cowboy friends, Tom left Selig and began looking for another production company. Instead of shopping around, Tom decided he wanted to work for William Fox, the owner of Fox Studios. Mr. Fox liked the fact that Tom did all of his own stunts, and they soon struck a deal that included not just Tom, but also his horses and his cowboys. Tom was good for Fox Studios, and they were good for Tom. When he was hired by Mr. Fox, Tom was paid $350 a week, a lot of money in 1917, but he became one of the highest paid movie stars of his time, eventually earning over $17,000 a week. In addition to being a solid financial footing, the Fox Movie Studios played to a much wider audience than the Selig movies. The wider exposure afforded by Fox undoubtedly contributed to Tom's move from simply a prolific actor to genuine, world-famous movie star. Initially, Tom's films at Fox were similar to those he had made at Selig, one real quickies. The public, however, was becoming impatient with 15-minute movies, and soon Tom and Fox were making multi-reel feature films. In 1917, Tom made four one-reel comedies and two feature dramas. In 1918, he made six feature films and only one single reel. As Tom became more popular, the budgets for his films grew, his costumes became more elaborate, and he became more popular at the box office. Tom Mix made 85 films with Fox Studios, making both he and William Fox millionaires. The days at Fox were Tom's finest in the motion picture industry. Sadly, only a few of the movies from this period are available in the United States today. Tom and Victoria seemed compatible enough, but it may have been because they lived much of the time apart. Tom spent much of his time on location, and since his movies were taking more than a few days to film, even though he was only making 6 to 10 movies a year, he was away from home much of the time. This was fine with Victoria as long as she didn't have to join him on location. She was a city girl and loved the excitement of Hollywood. Not very long after Victoria and Tom were married, she gave up her film career to concentrate on promoting Tom and his movies, and she was a very good promoter. She was also very good at spending Tom's money, and he was no slouch himself. He was one of the highest paid entertainers of his time, and one of the biggest spenders. Tom and Victoria had a daughter they named Thomasina in February of 1922, so Tom obviously wasn't gone all the time. In the mid-twenties, Tom started performing again with the 101 Wild West show when not making movies for Fox. Being the highest paid cowboy star in Hollywood also meant his movies cost the most to make. In the late 20s, Tom was also getting less than sterling reviews on some of his movies. And despite of the fact that most of all Fox's profits came from Tom Mix movies, Fox and Tom parted ways in 1928. Tom signed with Film Booking Office, or FBO Studios, which was owned by Joseph P. Kennedy, father of future president John Kennedy. Tom made five films for FBO. All were made in 1928, although the last one, The Big Diamond Robbery, was not completed until January 1929. Unfortunately, none of the FBO films are available today. Tom was very, never very happy at FBO. He was used to the big budgets of Fox, and things were quite different at FBO. For one thing, Tom's salary was only a little over half of what he made at Fox. 
For another, the sets, the scripts, and just about everything else associated with the FBO movies were low budget. Joe Kennedy didn't get to be one of the world's richest men by throwing money around. 1929 was not one of Tom's best years. Early in 1929, Victoria took Thomasina for an extended European vacation, where she proceeded to spend money as if Tom were bringing it in as fast as ever, which was not the case. Marriage number four was not doing well. One of the few bright spots for Tom in 1929 was his association with the Cells Floto Circus. He signed on to tour with the circus in April and once again was back in his element. Tom loved performing for people. He loved performing and he loved the accolades, but he also returned the appreciation of his loyal fans by signing autographs, sometimes for hours after his performances. However, shortly after signing with the Cells Floto Circus, Tom was charged with tax evasion for the years 1925 to 1927. There was never any evidence to indicate that Tom was the instigator or even aware of the faulty filings. Nevertheless, he had signed the forms which had been prepared by his accountant and eventually paid a hefty fine. Tom was extremely upset that his reputation as a good guy had been tarnished by his accountant. We all know what else happened in 1929. Tom lost the great majority of his fortune and his Arizona ranch following the stock market crash. 1929 was not a good year for the country or for Tom. To be continued. And although it says to be continued, I'm not sure how old this is or when that article was written. So we'll end that part of the episode there. And then we're going to share one more. Hang on tight. So the last article in our episode about Tom Mix is from the Midnight Freemasons. And I've shared several of articles off their website. I really like their website. So this one is called Famous American Freemason Tom Mix. I don't usually do posts over the weekend, but I particularly enjoyed Brother Steve Harris's post, Brother Tom Mix, on his One Minute Mason blog today. You should read it. It's an interesting list of facts about the iconic Western actor Tom Mix. It's a very entertaining list, and I didn't know most of them. And Tom Mix was one of the Masons I considered for the first volume of Famous American Freemasons. Tom Mix was in 336 movies. Only seven were talkies. The only two actors close to that number were both Freemasons. Brother John Wayne was in 170, and the only other actor that's close is the illustrious Brother Ernest Borgnine, 33rd degree, who in 2009 was getting ready to appear in his 200th movie, and he's still plugging away at it, when he's not voicing the character Mermaid Man on SpongeBob SquarePants. And then, of course, we all know that Ernest Borgnine has passed since this article was written. Back to the article. Tom Mix and John Wayne were bitter rivals early in John Wayne's career, but it was because of Tom Mix that John Wayne got started in films to begin with. When John Wayne, then Marion Morrison, was studying at the University of Southern California, Tom Mix got him his first job at a studio, as a prop boy. In exchange, young John Wayne got football tickets for Tom Mix. It wasn't long before John Wayne was acting in bit parts, and soon after he began to forge a lifelong friendship with legendary director John Ford. His first starring role was in 1930 in The Big Trail. He's almost too young to even recognize in the picture as the legendary star he later became. As Tom Mix's star faded, John Wayne's took off. It seems ironic now, but when I put together my list of famous Freemasons for the first book, Tom Mix and John Wayne were both on the list. I only needed one Hollywood actor for the first book, and John Wayne easily won. My dad is a big John Wayne fan, and as a result, I'm a big John Wayne fan. In fact, the chapter on John Wayne was the very first chapter I wrote for the famous American Freemason series. However, when I get to that third volume in the series, I think Brother Tom Mix will easily make the cut. T.E.C. Or Todd E. Creason. 
Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.